Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. So, Hull City Tigers uh, finished in a nil-nil draw. I think last time was about four years ago, wasn't it? And that was a 4-0 great game. Uh, the thing that stands out for me was the the ailing chicken celebration. Also doing the, we're up here and you're down there. Um, which became a, a gif, I think. Uh, and I did wonder, mm, is that going to come back and haunt you this time, Luke? Could have done, could have done. He didn't, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously in the end, nil-nil. It's a clean sheet for the defence, isn't it? Uh, but that was a great day, that 4-0. I think that's the day we sort of realised we were going to be okay because we were just coming out of that really horrific run over winter and we scored that wonderful goal, that counter-attack, which will be was replayed that, forever. Was that the little um, Stuart Dallas dancing down the wing? That's the one I remember. You know, it was like, it was pick, pinged around in between midfield when he was on the left-hand side. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and then he fed. Uh, I think like it was like it was two players coming in to finish it. I think Dallas or Roberts could have either either of them could have scored. But yeah, it was glorious, glorious. Yeah, so I mean, Hull have actually had a decent start. I think they've not lost in over five games. Um, so you could kind of look back at the the result last night and be a bit frustrated, which I think there is some frustration. Um, but also like. They're an all right championship side that can probably dig deep and get results. I think they beat Leicester early on as well, didn't they? So that, that's the only game that Leicester have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think under the circumstances, um, that's a good point. And I also think under the circumstances, it was a good performance to say that we've, you know, just on Sunday had to go to Millwall and get a great win in a really intense uh, atmosphere and match. Um, and then to go straight into a Yorkshire Derby midweek game, their fans were up for it as well. The atmosphere sounded really good. And yeah, to dominate the game like we did, show that we're the better team against, like you say, a side that's in the playoffs and started really well. I, I'm very, very happy. I Yeah, obviously I wanted to win. Probably should have won. Probably would have won if it wasn't for the ref. Um, but so yeah, with, with that in mind, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. We'll come on to the ref. but. Yeah, I thought I thought it was the tempo at the start was wheel was wheeled. The tempo at the start was a bit wild, uh, and it felt like they were just sort of pumping balls up top, and it felt very, very bottom of the table championship, like how they were approaching it. But I think there's similarities versus the Millwall at the weekend in that we didn't seem to have full control over it early on. But the the thing I go back to here is uh, what what Calvin Phillips sort of says in the interview to us years ago under. None other than the man himself, Marcelo Bielsa. Rocco, we've got to mention it because you've got books to sell. Is that, you know, for the first 10 minutes, we do kind of just let the game play, see how they are set up, and then we decide on how we then go and approach attacking them. And I think Fark is kind of taking that that same approach and, and it seems to be working for us. And, you know, up, up until the, um, the second yellow card for Joe Rodon, who was sent off in the 60th minute, like, 
they didn't really do a lot. It was it was all leads. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good point. Um, I think that was a classic example of what Philip said last night. And I think, yeah, we like we sort of yeah weathered a bit of a storm, didn't we? And then you know started to take control. And then, funnily enough, I think it was the Nyonto in- injury that um, changed the game in our favour. I thought Somerville came on, and yeah, suddenly we had a lot more impetus. Um, we looked like we were about to score. He had a couple of good efforts, and we just yeah we we completely took control. I think from that point until uh, well, certainly for the rest of the half and and even into the second half. Ruta's like really good at getting his body in the way, isn't he? Like I, I thought he was a bit fragile to begin with, and that he was just sort of shoved off the ball quite easily. But he seems to be, yeah, he seems to be getting himself about in the championship. And I think that is the sort of league where you can sort of improve your strength. Brendan Aronson would have benefited from it because <laughs> you kind of you, ha- you kind of have to like you're you're up against sort of just manic big defenders, aren't you? Really? Yeah, I wonder whether he concentrates a bit too much on it sometimes. You know, he's often. Just yeah, spraying the ball around a bit more. Well, yeah, he's like often like concentrating too much on the the grappling with the defender. I think I've said that about Bamford in the past, actually. But he, yeah, I mean, he, he surprised me. It's funny because I was watching the game last night, wondering whether whether he was like our best player, and then he he did his miss, which yeah was pretty terrible. I thought. I know a lot of people say it was a good save, but I don't think one on ones come much clearer than that, do they? I felt for him because his head looked to have dropped straight after it as well. It felt like it needed someone to uh, pick him up or slap him. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, get out of it. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Um, because, because those things do happen. And, you know, I think Parker will be the first one to remind him of, uh, you know, you are in the championship and these mistakes will happen. And, and you're at that time in your career where there's going to be more of this, but you've literally just got to come through the other side and, and you'll become a better player. So I don't think you can really dwell on that stuff. And, yeah, I'd, I'd, like, it was disappointing that he didn't score, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I'm not dwelling on it. I don't, yeah, I just see him as a player that's improving greatly and I think he'll continue to improve. I think, you know, it's not like, yeah, not like Bamford that, you know, when we've seen it for three years and, you know, Bamford sort of is what he is. We know what we're going to get from him and, and his pros and cons. But yeah, with Rutter, I think that's completely different. You know, he's, he's a, a player that's, growing and developing and yeah it looks looks better and better and I think yeah as he gets more comfortable and confident um, I'd like to think that he'd you know bury those chances because he's got the ability to do so there's no doubt about that now yeah and I, th- I think as well that he he seemed to link up quite nicely with Somerville so it's you know it's not just about what you what you do in terms of banging it into the net it's how can you bring other people into the game and it was a really nice one too with Somerville and it was a great shot and that was a really good save as well by their keeper who did who, who I thought did have a good game. Yeah, and Somerville probably had a, a couple that he should have should have scored as well really, but one of them nice. Yeah, they made a couple of good saves from Somerville. Uh, there was a standout one from the sort of volley type thing and then but there was one earlier as well that was a, a decent save. I kept thinking that that keeper was going to like just pass to one of our strikers at some point. Like some of their playing out from the back was pretty risky, and I was mm. I was like waiting all night for for them to make some catastrophic error. But yeah, sadly it didn't happen. They said it was his debut, didn't they? How was it? I didn't realise that. I didn't catch it. But yeah, I, I was thinking the same. And from watching Southampton and how much they've slipped up with passing out from the back, you thought, yeah, there's probably there's probably a mistake in this whole side as well because we we were pressing well, but. They did actually get out of it quite uh, a few times as well, which is a bit annoying. But Joe Joe rode on, two black eyes and stitches on his eyebrow. Uh, he looked like he'd actually been out in 
full town centre, didn't he? I know, yeah. It looked like Warpay, didn't it? But he was still class. I mean, I, I just think he's probably the best defender in the championship. He's, I, I compared him last time to, to Cooper, but now I'm sort of comparing him to, to Pontus. And I, thought I, thought gonna, I thought you were going to say Maldini then. Your, Itali- <laughs> your Italian that's, heritage kicking in. That's, that's in like three weeks time, I think. Keep, keep progressing. Um, yeah, that first booking. What can you say? I, I do think it's the softest booking I've ever seen in my life. I, I cannot believe it. It's like the ref must have known that he'd like made a mistake straight away and then just like doubled down on it, you know, to, it's like he thought he had to book him to justify giving the ridiculous free kick. I don't know. It's just a complete malfunction of his brain because, yeah, just absolutely insane. Like how, how could that happen? Yeah. How could you disrespect Jolo Rondini? I think that should be rescinded. Like this red card should definitely be rescinded. I know they can't, but like, like why can't they? Cause it's such a clear and obvious mistake. Like it just annoys me that the, like the refs and the people that run the game, the only reason that the, we can't rescind this is because there's not enough common sense in the game. Like the people making decisions have no common sense, so they can't be trusted to use it. So we have to lose him for a game for something that's just blatantly wrong. Mad. Who's the guy who's come back into the PGMOL? The old ref, who's head of it? Uh, I think, is it the bald one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't remember his name now. Can't remember his name. Everyone will be listening to this going, it's, uh, it's him. <laughs> Howard Webb. Howard Webb, of course it's Howard Webb. <laughs> Howard Webb needs to come swooping in and call bullshit, doesn't he? It's like, <laughs> quite happy to call bullshit on Premier League stuff. Call bullshit on Championship stuff, please. Yeah, exactly. I, Joel, is it Joel Piro or Joel? And is it Piro or Piro? All these questions. Joel Peru. We've got Thomas Anthony still to address as well. And clear Thomas Anthony, God. Oh dear. Um, so, yeah, Piro, in his interview, I was really impressed by him and I saw you were, you were tweeting as well, Rocco, about that. And Popey asked him a, a question about his performances and asked quite politely uh, what didn't work against Sheffield Wednesday. You know, why, why dropping deep hadn't worked out in that game. And he answered really honestly and he said, you know, it was his fault that, and that he took playing midfield quite quite literally um and I, I really liked that he'd said that he'd called it out and said you know it's his own mistake and it's the it's the sign and quality of one a very good player um who is comfortable at just owning mistakes but also kind of the environment in the team as well in that you know it, it is fine to make mistakes You're like no one's perfect and yeah i just i just liked it it was a good anecdote that was a bit of a window into the into the team yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was a, a brilliant interview. Seems like a, a really, yeah, top bloke. Yeah, like really, yeah, well-educated about the game and just, just a good lad, you know. Very good answer. And yeah, I mean, I only saw the last 20 minutes of that game, but yeah, I, I noticed that straight away. He was basically playing midfield. Um, last night, I thought they were a full-blown front two, actually. I didn't really notice. I know, I know Piro probably dropped off more, but... I think, you know, normally in, in the in previous days, you'd have, you'd have looked at that and seen it as a 4-4-2 for sure, which I'm happy with. I think they should be a, a really good partnership together. But yeah, Piro probably didn't have his best game last night. I thought it was a bit unlucky at times. Like it, you can tell he's got the movement and there was a couple of times where, and I think Farker even mentioned it actually, it was like a pullback early in the second half that James should have left, should have just done a step over him. Yeah, I think it was Perot that was there to finish off. But yeah, a couple of times like we chose the wrong options. Um, but yeah, nah, I love him. I think he'll do really, really well just based on that interview and his, his footballing <laughs> skills secondary. That'll do. Um, that, you touched on Dan James and D- Dan James was 
it's one of them where he benefits from there being a lot of space in front of him. Like his his key attribute is running, like sprinting with the ball, isn't it? And there's a few little question marks for me around, you know, the intricate little passing around the box and kind of linking um, linking up there with, with forwards. But yeah, it's a funny one. I want I want him to come good because I like Dan James. I, I do like him a lot. You know, the things he he said in particular in preseason. Um, and how much he was kind of willing to fight for the club was like, well, that, that's the perfect attitude. That's who we want here. What were your thoughts? Anything that stood out? Yeah, I'm the same. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there was a, there was one time where, well, sometimes he like he could use his pace and he doesn't. And I think it's a case of not being decisive enough. Um, but maybe that's just because he's a bit rusty and you know he, he pretty much knows he's going to be in and out of the team. But then having said that. He also pretty much knows he's going to play every game. Like I, I feel like he'll he'll come on every match or or start when somebody needs a rest or is injured. So, you know, maybe he can get into a rhythm playing like that. But there was one in the first half where he's running at the fullback and he's got the pace easily to just you know get a shot away, you know, shift it and shoot. Um, but he just dillied and dallied and then you know did his his slice shot miles wide. So things like that that. I think it's quite easy for him to improve his game. Maybe, maybe not the the shot, the slice shot bit, but you know, at least just just being just believing in himself a bit more. Yeah, it's the only the thing that's going to come with time, and hopefully, playing in a winning team, um, as, like it, that breeds confidence throughout the squad. So everyone's going to be a bit calmer, and um, and that should help. So I'm I'm still hopeful. You know, I've not I've never never really never I've always doubted James, um, but. I feel like he's, he can be an important part of the squad for sure. I think he missed out on an important part of his education when he unfortunately went to scum and didn't come under, fall under the banner of the great Marcelo Bielsa. Books now available on leadsthat.com by Rocco Dean. Um, and I think, I think if he had have joined in that period where it was very much like learning, I don't want to take it back to this simple point, but learning the real basics of a passing attacking football team I think he would have massively benefited from it in the championship away from being like the spotlight of Man United and I think it's probably an unfortunate thing for his career but I, I think it's he's, it's not like he's off course but I think it's just going back to some sort of fundamentals for him really well it's yeah it's funny you say that because like a few weeks ago Pilestri Uruguayan winger that plays for Man U youngster he said that you know Bielsa has been having um, like coaching sessions with him over teams and teaching him how and when to pass, um, you know, which yeah, is exactly. basically exactly what you just said. Um, so, you know, that's like a, a proper basic thing. And a club like Man United, you'd think that there'd be coaches that could could help him with that, but clearly not as as we're yeah joyfully seeing. I think I think in the lens of Jesse Marsh is a bit of an insight into sort of top level football in that you 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 bring in the tools, players, and you tell them an instruction and you just assume that they can do it. I think Marcelo Bielsa knows that players have talent and it's like, how can I eke out that extra bit from them? And that's what makes him, oh, we're going into it now, aren't we? That's what makes him the best coach in the world and the best human being in the world. Books available at leadsat.com. Only marginally ahead of Parker. Parker's <laughs> interview before the game. It was uh, it was even better than, than Pirat. Absolutely loved it. What did he say? Is there anything that stood out? Because I didn't, I honestly, I didn't hear it actually. Oh, it's brilliant. Well, the whole thing was brilliant, but there was one in particular, and actually, what it made me think of was was the interview with Larry when he was explaining to you about put it on a poster and talking about like an amazing slam dunk. You know, you'd have it on a poster, and yeah, Farker said something like, "You know, the, the fans are top class, and we've got to strive to 
to reach that same standard. And like when I read it, I thought, put it on a poster, like that's, that would be brilliant, you know, next to Farker's face. Cause it's yeah, great words. And it's just, just great. And everything he says is, is right. Um, I, I believe in him massively. I really like him. I, yeah. I'm absolutely chuffed that we've got him. I think we pluck this out and we do it as a thing. It's now, it's now an us and Larry thing. Put it on a poster, yeah. put him on a poster. Excellent. And uh, yeah, just looking through the lineup and thinking of pe- people we've missed, but strike, I was, I was quite interested in watching strike last night, uh, mainly because I was trying to think who does he remind me of <laughs> like with his haircut, you know, from the old ponytail days to what he has now. And you know who he reminds me of? And I think it's very unfortunate for him. I think it's Michael Jackson during the, you are not alone era. Like just, just, just Google it and have a look at the hairstyle and you'll know what I mean. Oh dear. Uh, I thought he played well, Strike. I feel like he's, uh, he's back to his best. I don't think he had to do too much defending. I think Rodon did most of it for him, but he's looking very assured. Melier too. Um, again, I think he's, I think he's back to his best. Did you see that punch he did at the end? I think it might have been the last corner. And he like punched it all the way to the halfway line. Like the best, I think it was the best punch I've ever seen. It's amazing. Well, I would like, to, I'd like to see video footage of him punching one of those punch yeah. bags at the amusements. He'd be a nine hundred. <laughs> he'd be a nine hundred, wouldn't he? And the way he spread himself as well to force Sayore to to go even wider than the corner and hit the post. That was great play by Melier. Dharma Traore's like lost some bulk, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought that. I was like, does he really play for Hull? And uh, Archie Gray as well. I thought he looked tired last night. I think that was the first sign of him sort of looking a victim of uh, yeah a busy schedule. So it'd be interesting to see if anything happens there with him swapping over at the weekend. And I assume that's kind of why Byron was left out to a degree. He's probably not 100%. Because it and then also made, I, I thought Shaq had a, a tough game as well. But yeah. Yeah, I did too. Um, yeah. Greg did. He didn't really get involved, did he? Um, and then I, I don't. Did he take him off in the end? I'm not sure if he did. Um, but I was expecting him to come off quite early, actually. But yeah, maybe he will be rested on Saturday because yeah, he didn't didn't have a big impact. Um, and yeah, Shaq, Shaq definitely struggled. He was make, making a lot of mistakes. Again, it, it's it's a tough one because you know a lot of the defensive work he did do quite well. You know, he was getting his blocks in of crosses and things like that. But yeah, I definitely think he struggled. Yeah, and we've talked about this, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him and uh, I think I think they will there'll be some swapping around, but he'll always be in and amongst it, his quality. So uh, let's see what happens. And what the so the red button went off for a time on on, on Sky uh, last night and uh, I tuned in and I kept dipping into YouTube to do a watch along and it was uh, Joel Weinman on his channel. <laughs> on his channel. That's how you say it, isn't it? It's not Joe Weinman. And uh, so shout, shout out to Joe. Hello, mate. I know, you, I know you're listening and we appreciate it and appreciate you, you plugging the podcast on, on your channel as well. And Joe said that we used to call it the Calvin Phillips Man of the Match Award back in the day because it was like, it was a given that he was the top player, but we always awarded it to someone else. And I think he was saying that we should now update it to the Ethan Ampadu Man of the Match Award. And it's probably true. He is just quality. He's like, you, you just assured by him all the time and, and unfortunately you sort of don't give him enough credit because he is he is that good and it was the same again last night he just I'm trying to think of like a, a good way to describe him but he's a bit like a caretaker isn't he he just he literally takes care of the field for everyone else and he, he mops up and he, he passes it around and he's always got space and even if he's even if he hasn't got that three yards and he's got a tight one yard he manages to turn out of it and, and make a pass and 
Just so grateful for him. I think we'd be a, a bit lost if he wasn't with us this season. Yes, 100%. I was thinking the same when, when they were talking about him maybe having an injury. I think without him, we would be a different side. Like I know Rodon's going to be missing on Saturday and I think them two are our best players. But I don't think we'll miss Rodon nearly as much as we'd miss Ampadu. I think also last season we spoke a lot about like not having a player in the team that you can just trust, you know, someone in the dressing room that everyone's like so, you know, just like happy and relaxed because they're in the team with them and Ampadu just never gives the ball away. He's always there. He's an absolute class act. I mean, you know, you can't actually compare him with Phillips because we've seen Phillips in the championship. So, you know, when I think about Phillips compared to Ampadu, Phillips in the championship compared to Ampadu now, I think Phillips probably is better. I think he was a bit more polished and a bit more Rolls-Royce-y. But Ampadu's brilliant. I mean, yeah, I'm just shocked that we were able to get him. Great, great signing. And we'll just be saying the same things every week, I think. Hope. Definitely, completely agree. And Cooper came on 63rd minute and Thomas Anthony, Jaden Anthony, Rocco. Um, and that was as a result of, of, of Rodon being sent off. And um, Cooper uh, looked a bit shaky. And I, we were sort of messaging work. We're just sort of saying, it feels like now that we're getting into a rhythm, sort of the old guard of being exposed a bit more. Luke Aylin, I see these getting pelters again on social media, which I don't agree with at all. It, you know, we know what he is. He's a he's a player who's getting older, finding it harder, and that that's what he is. But he's he's still a, a great leader. And but Cooper had that unbelievable challenge, stop them coming through as well. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was great. I did wonder, well, it's hard, isn't it? It's like, because we're doing a podcast, so we have to, we have to talk honestly, but I really hate like adding to the noise. But yeah, I've got to say like last night was the first time I've, I've thought, you know, is Aileen good enough anymore? Is Cooper good enough anymore? But yeah, yeah, the thing about Cooper is obviously he's had an injury. He's been out of the team. Also, he got like a really hot reception. I don't know where that came from or why. Well, I mean, I know he's from Hull, isn't he? I is think it? he did play for yeah. Hull at one point as oh, well. He played didn't he? for Hull, yeah, yeah. But like, what? I, I was still surprised to hear such heart reception. I don't know whether that like, like got under his skin or something and and well, forced the, him into such a jittery there's opening. A, there's a picture of like um, Dan James in his Hull City shirt in his pubescent years. Yeah. He didn't get any booze, did he? <laughs> nah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know what what Cooper's done to upset them so much. But yeah, yeah. He, he was he was a bit shaky, but I, I feel like it'll be better on Saturday and. Yeah, hopefully Bill too. That shot wild over the bar was was not too great, was it? I think they were the that that was some of the frustrating things. Those sort of long shots where it's like we've done all the passing to get up there, and then why are we taking like these wild shots when you've got an easy one on? I even Ampadu, I think, has he scored like one career goal or or something crazy, and he's like trying to smash one in for thirty (laughs) yards. That's my one criticism of Ethan Ethan Ampadu. There you go. Um, But yeah, cool Um, man of the match. Hang on, the oh, red God, card. I, I to oh, skimming uh, over I, that. I want to. I want to criticise the. Oh, and oh my God, and the worst the, thing is, I know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> the injury coils. But anyway, firstly, the red card. That's not a second booking. Like it's just a, a collision. Like Ro, the guys got there first, but Rod, uh, Rodon's not stopped him attacking. The ball's just flown off somewhere. Like it's a free kick, fair enough. But like, why is it a booking? What has Rodon done to deserve a booking? He's not flown in. He's just stood there waiting to play the ball, and someone's nicked in and booted the ball away before he got his foot to it. It's not a sending off offence. If it was a first booking, it'd be harsh. But you know, you could maybe understand it. I just feel like he sent him off because 
the crowd were getting on his back. You know, it, it was just a few minutes before Rodon had like leaned into a challenge in the box and they're all screaming for a soft penalty. And I just think the rest completely lost his head. But the coil thing, oh my God. I was like, I was just going crazy. Like that's, that's just barbaric. What was he thinking? So yeah, he'd obviously hurt himself and he was bleeding quite a lot. And, but yeah, we looked up at the rules because we were moaning on WhatsApp to one another again. And yeah, the referee should get them to leave the field of play. I think it's within like a minute or something like that they, where they have to get him off the field. And he was there for absolutely ages. And um, you know, if he had got him off the field, that would have been us at 10, 10 versus 10. And it would have, you know, obviously favoured our way. So you can see us why we're sort of disgruntled by it. Um, I suppose the one saving grace of all that is there should have been loads more added time on the game. And the ref just didn't add it. So, yeah, I did whatever. think that. I, I, I was worried. I was worried that it would be like 10 minutes extra. So maybe he was evening it out again. But yeah, I, did, I, mean, I didn't, didn't have a problem with the ref really up until, I mean, obviously the road on booking and, well, both road on bookings. But apart from that, I thought it was all right. But then towards the end, he just completely lost the plot. Um, yeah, I don't know how he doesn't know the rules or, or what. But yeah, that was crazy. But anyway. You're dying to just say prick. Yeah. <laughs> you said it for me. Uh, all right. Player ratings. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fully prepared with this. Jeez. Uh, change. So, makes a change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm struggling. I'm going to need your help there. So, Melier, oh. I'm definitely giving him an eight. Are you happy? Yeah. That's pretty bold. Because, like, look, I've look, had a look around. Just, I always do this. I have a look around, see what other people have said. Because you try, you try to see whether it's just you getting excited or being a bit pessimistic. And some are saying like six-ish. I think, well, nil-nil. He made some good saves. Uh, yeah, eight. Let's go for it. I'll shut up. Yeah. Carry on. So Ailing, I'd probably give him a five, but because we kept a clean sheet, I'm I'm saying six. What do you think? Yeah, five. Let's go six. Okay. Six. Six is fair. Like five, uncalled for. You harsh man. Good. I'm glad you said that. Uh, and then Cooper in the same boat. Same. Yeah. Uh, Shackleton in the same boat. Six. I think I, I could get away with giving him a five. What do you think? It feels a bit harsh, this, doesn't it? Because we have not conceded. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll reflect on this, but I think we've probably got it wrong. <laughs> Six. Rodon. Again, maybe controversial. I'm giving him an eight. I don't care about the ref. That's He, he was brilliant. Eight out of ten. What do you I'm think? I'm going to bring you down a bit. Seven. You can't, like, he got sent off. You can't, can we? So you, you, uh, right. I'll let me go check what I predicted at the start of the season, then I'll tell you. <laughs> Strikes ever. Uh, yeah. Fun uh, to do. Eight, of course. Yeah. Actually, six. Mm, yeah. Again, probably maybe harsh, but we don't want to do the point fives, do we? Six. No, six. James, six. Yeah. Somerville, not mentioned him. I thought he was on fire. I'm, I'm giving him an eight. Well, he came on for Willie, which we didn't even talk about, which is a, an interesting one because I hope his injury isn't a bad one because he had a little ankle injury for Italy last year, didn't he, at the end of the season as well. So if it's a similar reoccurring thing, that could be a bit of a worry. Um, I think Somerville, yeah, I'd probably go with that. I think that's fair. Willie, I didn't think, had a great game up until that point. Nah, we'll give Willie well, a it was 20, I- 20 minutes, wasn't it? So Yeah, six is probably fair for him. I just want to say on Somerville, like, do you know this, like the sort of things that you get a red card for nowadays, I, I think a pull of the shirt should just be a straight red. So like, just stamp it out. Like, why are you allowed to do that? It's crazy. Like twice, Somerville was piling forward and, you know, like, shirt pull and it's a yellow card. Like, it should be a red because it's like just oh, blatant. It's like a professional foul, isn't it? They should do something that's like, 
you know, it gets ingrained in the game that it doesn't happen. So like the fourth official should just be allowed to punch the manager in the face or something. It's like walk over to him, just smack him. Like, got right now, you can't do that again. Well, he, that's he, got a, he got a yellow as well, didn't he? Their manager last night. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say like that annoyed me. Like for him, he knows the rules. Like he kicks the ball away. Why is he complaining about it? Like that's a great rule change. Accept it. Like if it was the other way around, he'd be happy. So yeah, it really annoys me. There you go. Fourth official, punch him in the face. <laughs> rule that kind of thing out in future. I think probably has to be a six, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Mr. Sam. And, and Joel Peru, six. Yeah, he went a bit missing last night, didn't he? Yeah. There was a, ta- there was a time where I actually questioned whether he was playing. <laughs> like, I had to double, <laughs> like, I had to double check. And, but that's one of those where, again, is it, a, is it an understanding the role thing? Was it a tactical thing? Don't really know. I mean, his, his interview gave a little bit of insight into that it might be him getting used to it. Yeah, I was a, I was a little bit um, surprised. I've maybe, yeah, I think I'd have probably preferred to stay on instead of Rutter, but anyway. In fact, yeah. we trust. And what about um, Thomas Anthony then, Jaden Thomas? Do we give him any any rating? I mean, he had enough time to get a rating. I think it's probably a six. There was no real impact from him, was there? But no. It's always going to be a tough environment to do anything. Bless him. I liked, it's the first time I've seen him play, and I liked his, I liked the way he passes with his instep, like proper, like slice curls it. And puts a lot of spin on the ball. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't notice that. So I will look out for it in the next game at Ellen Road. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. This feels a while. Well, it has been a while for me. I've not been since Preston. Glenn Kamara? Did he even come on? I can't even remember. Don't since think he Preston, did. did you just say? And what was the one I'll draw on the on telly? West Brom. <laughs> Same bloody crap. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question? Uh, did Kamara come on? I can't even remember. I don't think so. No, no camera. No action. Right. Okay, well, that's it. Man cool. of the match. Man of the match. M-O-T-M. Uh, and Padu. Right, no debate, is there? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm giving it to Joe Rodon. Just Are to, you actually? Ah, oh, definitely, yeah. Just because I'm so annoyed with that referee and I'm not letting him steal what's rightly his. I've already given away a point that he should have had on his score. Um, so he's getting my man of the match. So it was perfect. We need to buy a little Perspex trophy, set of trophies, don't we? And just send them round. Send them to <laughs> Thorpe Arch on a weekly basis. I'm sure they'd get put in the bin, wouldn't they? Uh, cool. Right. Well, uh, yeah, that's probably it for this week. I don't think there's anything else to cover this week, this episode. Yeah, we'll be back after Watford game. Really looking forward to getting back into Ellen Road. It's felt like ages because the international break. And like Rocco said, he hadn't seen us since Preston in 1942. Uh, yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. I mean, you've already said yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Watford. Uh, I want to smash them 6-1. I've still not forgiven them for winning 6-1 on my... It was on my 30th birthday, actually, so nearly 10 years ago to the day. So, yeah, still waiting for revenge for that and the playoff defeat, of course. Obviously, we've beaten them in the meantime, but, yeah, I really want to stuff them. It's different. I, I find it quite hard at this point in the season to know what's going to happen against teams. It's sort of hard to predict, you know, because when you look at you looked at the result, like I said, of, of Hull versus Leicester and they got a result there, you think, mm, that's a bit of a worry because Leicester are playing very well, but... Hull didn't look anything, to be honest. And if we get a similar sort of thing with Watford, then I think we could be in for a treat. I think it'd be brilliant. Well, it'd be obviously it'd be brilliant to see a win at Ellen Road, but I think that would massively help because we haven't had that yet this season, and uh, that might start to get a bit of home momentum behind them as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I'm. I mean, I think we've been really consistent this season. Like I know 
And obviously, you know, Wednesday against Wednesday, we, you know, we, we couldn't break them down and probably didn't really look like breaking them down, but we still controlled the game. I think everyone's, I think, I, I feel like we're putting in like consistent performances. We look solid. And if we're keeping clean sheets and we've got that front four and the players that are to come in as well, I, I don't know why anyone's worried. Like, I, I feel like we're going to be like definitely going to be right up there. There can't be many teams better than us. I just, I just don't accept it. So. Let's all get carried away. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that everyone says, isn't it? It's a it's a long season, and the championship is way more open than the Premier League is, uh, and the gulf even between bottom of the table championship versus the sort of top end of the championship is massive, which is also terrifying when you compare the top of the championship to the Premier League. But I think we can't you can't lose your heads. You've just got to remember it is a long season. Enjoy the the journey, and uh, let's hope we can get a nice well start off a. A victory run at Ellen Road at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you after that one. And thanks again for listening. Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.